And we are live for another episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and I'm with Ryan and G tonight. How you doing, boys? Doing great. Happy hey, to be here. Yeah, it's always always nice to do the Sunday night pod that's when we're recording this. Uh, especially nice to do the podcast when the Yankees are coming off yet another series victory, their eighth consecutive. I believe Ruko said at the end of the game that's 20 years since that's happened. So Yeah, 98 was the last yeah, time. So, I mean, that's quite a feat. Um, obviously, the late 90s were a very good time for the Yankees. So, yeah, a lot of uh, the Yankees are 30 and 13 right now. They are. They're currently, I believe they're a few percentage points above the Red Sox, but they've played four fewer games than Boston right now. I think the Red Sox have two more wins and two more losses. So, obviously, that will sort itself out as the season goes on. Uh, you know, Yankees have a few doubleheaders to play in the next month or so, which is pretty annoying, to be honest. But, hey, that's what the weather's been like in uh, baseball this year. But, you know, we're going to start the show today. We're going to recap each of the three games from the weekend against uh, the Royals, which, uh, you know, started off not so good, looking like the Yankees were a bit rusty from those few days off. But, you know, the Yankees, they came back in a big way, scoring, uh, I believe, eight, what, 18 combined runs in uh, Saturday and, on Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, the story of Sunday was none other than Sonny Gray, who, you know, really – Hasn't looked great all season, like even in his two or three starts that were really good. Still wasn't all that sharp, but, you know, on Sunday he brought it, man. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. He had, I believe, retired the first 14 hitters, um, finished eight innings, only one run. I mean, really probably his best start as a Yankee. I saw that thrown around a lot on Twitter, and I think it's true because I really don't remember another start where he pitched that great. Um the main thing that stuck out to me about his performance is just he was just getting ahead of guys. I think he was one point eleven and fourteen. The first pitch strikes, just he had forty pitches through four innings. I mean, he was just in complete cruise control. wasn't striking a lot of guys out. Um, yeah, well, what do you what do you guys think of uh, Sonny's performance today? And uh, what's uh, really stood out to you? Uh, I think what stood out to me the most was, like you said, how much length he was able to give the Yankees because I think over half his starts he wasn't able to give more than five innings, which it's not like the bullpen needed any rest because of all the rain that's happened the past few um, contests. But it was nice to see some length out of a guy where you already see Dustin Fowler getting at-bats for the A's and you have Mateo and Caprilan still over there. And it's just kind of nice to see that you're actually getting some return on the guy you gave up three of your um, most highly touted prospects for. I think the start, because I know I also saw it was really tossed around that this was his best start with the Yankees. It really reminds me of the start he had against the Mets last summer, if you guys remember that start, where I think he also went eight innings, and I think he just had like one blemish in the eighth inning, which allowed two runs, and I think a certain Dylan Batances ended up blowing the game, if I remember correctly. Grand Slam. Is that the game I'm thinking about? I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right, honestly. If not, it was one of those games <laughs> in the series. But regardless, yeah, it was, all, it was honestly really nice to see Gray out there. And I, you could tell he even had some emotion. He doesn't really show a lot of emotion on the mound, but he looked pretty pumped when he got that final out of the eighth inning. What do you think, G? Yeah, I mean, it was I – didn't, I didn't get to watch the first couple innings, but, I mean, he made it through those eight innings on, like, 90-something pitches, right, I think. So it was, yeah, that was incredible. working very efficiently and, you know, always nice to give the bullpen – mostly a day off. Uh, I mean, we talked about a lot last time, like, you know, his talent versus his production. And I guess we'll see, you know, going forward. But I think it's been 
three out of four, mostly good starts minus the last one. So, and I think just in general, you know, he's got good stuff and he was pounding the zone and getting ahead of those hitters today. Like just generally like, you know, good teams and good, I guess, starters beat the teams that they're better than. And he went out and, you know, against a team that the Yankees are a better team than, and he just threw a good game and, and, you know, got the job done. Uh, the thing that stood out to me, another thing that stood out to me, I should say, is, you know, only one walk. Um, that's always been a problem with Gray is that, you know, he's usually not getting hit that hard. Even today, the few hits he let up were really kind of just dinks. Um, I think he let up like one hard hit on the RBI single. But, yeah, I mean, he was just so efficient. Just not like he said, I think it was before the Boston start where they interviewed him and he was talking about, oh, I'm going to attack hitters, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he just did the exact opposite. I think he had like 50 pitches through two innings. But this was a start where he was just going after guys. And it really – you have – because, look, when you're when you're in a, the MLB, every team, every hitter you face is going to be good. You're a professional hitter. But, man, when you're facing the Royals, who are one of the worst teams in baseball, you got to go after these guys. Like, we've seen Severino do it against the Marlins and Rays, where in both those starts, I think he allowed one or two hits each. Because, the, look, those are teams that – great pitchers, that's what you do against lesser teams and teams that – are struggling like the Royals, but yeah, just very, very nice to give the uh, bullpen a day off. Cause uh, you know, uh, you just don't have to always use two or three of those guys. And I think Sonny, I don't think he even went seven innings before the start and to, to go eight innings and, you know, with only 92 pitches was just phenomenal. He was on his way. I think Boone would have let him go out for the ninth if he would have uh, had a clean eighth, but you know, AJ, AJ Cole came in and shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looked, also he pretty good. He had two strikeouts, but I had, you know, um, his days probably well, they had long innings. Mm-hmm. They had long innings. The eighth of the ninth, they were attacking on runs. So I feel like maybe yeah. that plus his rough quote unquote rough eighth, I think yes. would probably saw fit getting out so, of there. Honestly, yeah. I mean, so so often through. with him, sorry. It seems like so often with him, it's just a crisis of confidence, really. Like, you know, he could start out panning the zone and then, like, a walk or a hit, and he kind of just, like, shrinks on the mound. But it didn't really happen today. He was just kind of – he stayed in there. He was just, just throwing strikes the whole time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's recap the uh, the rest of the series. Uh, you know, Friday's game was, was a bit ugly. Um <laughs> You know, Glaber Torres, he's been uh, so great. We talked about how smooth he's been in the field, but he had a rough go at it Friday night. Um, he was only charged for one error, but, you know, he made two plays really that were just, you know, both really bad. Uh, I mean, he was throwing a first on one and just, I mean, <laughs> completely, I don't know what happened, but, you know, CC, yeah, CC started that night and really didn't pitch all that bad. Um, he had 100 pitches almost through five innings, but, he only gave up four hits, two earned runs. But, yeah, that that game Friday night was definitely a game that you watched and just said, oh, this team this team looks like they haven't played baseball since Tuesday. And they hadn't. And they were, you know, obviously there's you know, a lot to talk about with uh, the whole the Yankees getting stuck in the airport and having to sleep. That's, you know, shouldn't happen to a major league team. Um, you know, I shouldn't even say especially like the Yankees. That shouldn't happen to any major league team. That shouldn't happen to any college team, you know, uh, to affect a game like that, but it's good to see they rebounded because yeah, that Friday game was just was just ugly. 
Um, yeah, a couple th- a couple things about that Friday game. Uh, I was doing the live tweeting on the Bronx Bummer Ball that game, and it was probably the most painful game I've ever had to tweet in my entire life. It was terrible to watch. Um, I think Torres gets a lot of heat just because we have high expectations for him in the field. He's made a ton of good plays this year, and if you were to compare him and uh, Starling Castro playing defense, I think it's no contest who the better second baseman is. So I think people have just gotten a little um, – they expected way too much. I think I just think they gotta like let Torres play. He's still twenty twenty one years old. He's not he's not this bonafide star yet. Even though I think that's what he's gonna end up becoming. Um, also, Aaron Hicks had three hits, which that was that was pretty nice. He had Hicks a really had a he had a key week. he had a key series because um when the Yankees called up Frazier, I definitely think that was a uh, like a hey Hicks, you need to get hitting or someone's yeah. gonna take your spot. So I think that was definitely good for him that he had that weekend. I'm not sure Frazier actually caused him to hit better, but it could just be a coincidence. Yeah, and but we'll talk, we'll talk more about Clint and the whole Hicks debacle later in the show, along with a lot of other, uh, you know, injured guys versus AAA guys versus guys who are on the roster now. Very, very interesting times for a lot of these guys who are on the fringe. But yeah, um, Hicks Hicks had a big weekend. Really did. Uh, Two like two inside the park home runs in the same season. Yeah, that's incredible, like, man. That really is like what was it? The first time since either I think Mantle. It was Mantle, yeah. I want to say Joe D, but I, yeah, I remember it was Mantle. I mean, just incredible. And I mean, it's still only the second month of the season. He did it like a month apart. I think the first one was in uh, Detroit, and then just doing it against KC. Yeah, he's but, projected to get seven or eight this season if my math yeah, is correct. To, yeah, <laughs> say, uh, five plus inside the park home runs at least, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Friday's game just wasn't a pretty one at all. But they definitely rebounded Saturday. Um, you know, going to that game Saturday, that's a game where you know you got Sevy on the mound. Uh, you you've, you got Danny Duffy on the opposing hill, who has just been downright awful this year. I was so bad for him, man. Yeah, Duffy's so a good pitcher. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good pitcher. But this year, he's just been really bad, and he showed that um, on Saturday. Uh, really, every Yankee besides Judge got hit. Um, it was, you know, Hicks had two hits. Sanchez just had a monster game, two homers and a double, uh, three RBIs. I mean, just that that was a game where the offense really just exploded. I mean, the last two, Saturday and Sunday's games, the offense just exploded late in the game. You know, just when the game was – I mean, this game Sunday was out of reach, but the game Saturday really wasn't when Stanton and Sanchez just got up and, just drop bombs. I mean, just I, Saturday and Sunday, the, those two games were really just vintage Yankee games for this team, in my opinion, where, you know, the pitching, pitching does its job on Saturday with Severino struggles a bit, but the offense just, the offense just piles on runs. They just drop bombs. I mean, all the home runs this weekend, I think the Yankees were third in home runs uh, during, I think Sunday's game. I think I think they'll be first in uh, no time, especially uh, especially with Judge struggling right now. But yeah, so for for Saturday's game, um, I, I wanted to ask, what did you guys think of uh, Severino? Because this was really the first start that Severino we really seen him had to grind. I mean, the Boston start he didn't pitch well in, but you know that was a start he was just out early, and this was a start where he had to grind it out, and I think he did a really good job, and I think he could have went back out for the seventh because he had under 80 pitches, but you know, Boone made the right move and put green in, but yeah. What'd you think of Sevy's performance on Saturday? It's um, I mean, it's part of the, I think the, just the continued maturation of him as a starter 
And it's, it's just more and more impressive because obviously he's got great stuff and he can just go out there and throw like 99 and blow people away all day and we wouldn't ever complain about watching that. But, I mean, you look at a guy like CeCe who goes out there with without great stuff and still is an effective pitcher, like to be able to, you know, to still get those outs and and do what your team needs you to do when you don't have great stuff is something that like the very best starting pitchers in the mm-hmm. league do. And uh, I mean, he was third in the Cy Young voting last uh, season. And I think he definitely has the attention, you know, of oh, the yeah, baseball he's, world. He's right up there. Like once again, obviously early on, but he's right up in the top five of uh, AL pitchers. Once again, another note about this game. Uh, this was the game. Clint Frazier started went one for two uh, with a double two walks and run scored. So nice game for him, but yeah, like we said earlier, he's uh he's been sent back down to AAA as of uh, Sunday. But you know, we'll talk a little bit more about him later on. And yeah, you know, Sunday's game was just another offensive explosion for the Yankees. Uh, Ten runs, um, man, back to back home runs in back to back games. Um, you don't see that a lot. I think the Yankees lead baseball in back to back like games back to back homers this year. But yeah, the bottom of the lineup. I mean, listen to the bottom of the lineup. Once you get down um, from five down, Austin was two for four with two home runs. Andrew Harris three for five with a home run. Romine three for five with a home run, two RBIs. And then you know you have Torres who was one for five, and then Gleyber zero for four. But I mean, just Romine, Andujar, and Austin just I mean <laughs> carrying this team. While uh, you know Stan had the two hits, Hicks also had a good day, but. I mean, man, Tyler Austin is just for a guy that, you know, I've I've been under the pressure, under the belief that, you know, he's probably going to be sent down and kind of accepting that. I mean, he's not making it easy for the Yankees. He's I mean, his, he's a valuable bat in the lineup right now. And I mean, he's eight home runs right now. I believe that leads all rookies, even though it's absurd. He's still a rookie. He made his debut in 2016. But that's another story. <laughs> um yeah, just, I mean, Torres in the field today, making some great plays. Like J- John and Susan, I don't know if you know, a lot of our listeners probably listen to John and Susan. They always mention how every time Torres is in the lineup, he just does something positive. He just makes an impact, and it's it's true. I mean, he's just been the perfect utility man, especially this year. He's hitting three thirty nine. Gleyber's hitting three oh nine right now. He's been phenomenal. Andujar actually leads – leads the Yankees in batting average right now at 286, despite having just that god-awful on-base percentage. <laughs> the thing that John and Susan love to talk about, which we kind of referenced, you you talked about specifically last time, was how uh, Torres definitely goes up there hacking. Like, mm-hmm. But they say uh, you just can't get a fastball by him. So yeah. that's what they love. They even said it again today. They love to say that you just can't get a fastball by the guy. And uh, but I mean, respect it though. You know, he comes off the bench and he's up there to hit. You know, he's not messing around. He's if you get give him a fastball in the zone, he's gonna put his bat on it. I mean, honestly, it seems a little bit unfair though for this to be like the bottom of the lineup where you have Torres, who's like the Yankees' best prospect, batting ninth. You have Andujar, who only has like you know a month. He's you know he's batting six, but he's still hitting two eighty six because you have all these. You know, the top five in the lineup is just so deep that you have these, you know, pretty darn good players betting in the bottom of the lineup. It's just not fair. Yeah. Um, really, though, the bottom of the lineup has just been great. And I, I've looked, I think that, look, Gardner, 
and Hicks have kind of been the two leadoff hitters for the past week. That's who Boone's been putting in there. And I know it's still early. I know he's barely has been in the majors for a month, but I think you really have to start looking at possibly putting Gliber in the leadoff spot. You know, I was somebody who wanted Judge in the leadoff spot, but it looks like Judge is going to be in the two-hole for the foreseeable future. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gliber might be that perfect leadoff hitter because – I, Boone had a quote, I think yesterday it was on Saturday, that he really doesn't look at batting average. You know, he looks at uh, on base percentage and at bats. And I, I agree with that. But, you know, putting Gardner and Hicks at the leadoff spot, you know, even Hicks after uh, this weekend, I, he's still, uh, he's still, his average still isn't that great. You know, I look up, yeah, his average is still 250. And, you know, Gardner's is still 225. So both those guys really aren't your uh, ideal leadoff hitters. If, you know, that's what they're going to be at. I mean, in context, though, Hicks had, I think, what was it, seven for 12 for the series or something like that? Oh, yeah, like, I was about to say, like, Hicks, it, days even, ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Just a few days ago, he was batting like 210. So 250, you know, and even Giancarlo, too, you know, we were giving him crap for the whole month, but now he's up to 260. So a couple of these, a couple of these guys are starting to creep up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um. I think it's pretty scary that th- this Yankees team can have so many guys struggling at any given moment, yet still be beating the absolute crap out of teams. Like they won today, <laughs> ten to one, and Judge went zero for four. I mean, Stanton kept the ball in the ballpark, and like uh, Matt was saying, Glaber Torres, who's been arguably one of the best hitters on the team and is their top prospect, also dropped the donuts. And then, of course, you know they're the best shortstop in baseball is one for forty-six right now. So, I mean, I just it's just absolutely perplexing to me how the Yankees can put anyone in the lineup, anyone can step up. I know you were upset, Luigi, that uh, Sanchez wasn't in the lineup, and you have Romine coming in three for five, and he drops yeah. a bomb. Like, if anyone would have guessed when they saw the lineup that Romine was going to get three hits and take the ball deep, I don't think anyone would have uh, yeah, been absolutely. on your side. Oh, absolutely. On the year, he's yeah. three twenty-six. Yeah, Romine. He, yeah, he's been phenomenal with at the plate this year, and obviously, he's always solid behind the plate. But you know, him hitting three twenty-six and jacking out his first homer of the year is always a bonus. Many more to come. Many more to come. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I mean, Andujar hits one, just look a lo- ball looked like a line drive that was just going to one-hop the wall. That gets out. And Romine hits one out just a dead center. And then Torres hit one to the warning track. Yeah, I like for a second, I said, no way. Torres just hit it out dead center. But <laughs> Did you hear Sterling's call on Andujar's home run? Did you ever hear that? Uh, I didn't. I yeah, didn't. it was funny. When, when it was hit, because uh, I was watching some of the highlights since I didn't get to watch the game today because of work, he was like, and Duhar hits the ball, looks like it's going to go into the gap, and then it gets over the wall. He's like, oh, my goodness, that ball somehow got over the wall. Like, he was so – He was The pitcher was shocked, too. The pitcher couldn't believe that got out. Uh, it wasn't yeah. a Yankee cheap shot home run either. It was like right center field in Royals ballpark, which isn't the most friendly hitters park in the that, the first the home run Austin hit. I think was four forty three. That was a bomb. I mean, he yeah. just mashed that ball. I was listening to that at the game at that point. Yeah, I got a question about that actually. So everyone was saying that Ryan Rue because something happened with his voice, but I watched the highlights. I yeah, and I, I didn't hear have anything. To go back. I have to go back and listen. I guess maybe like his voice cracked or like he lost his voice. Or maybe something. they cut it out in the highlight, but I couldn't really find it when I was watching yeah, it. No, or maybe I, I just have a terrible. I was listening movie. on the radio at that point, so I didn't hear what everyone was talking about. But yeah, I saw a few people mention that. Yeah. I said I, I tweeted this out and we were tweeting over the weekend. Yeah, like Ruko, you know, I really enjoy I think we all do really enjoy Ruko in the booth. Um, Matoya is a nice change. He's going to be uh, 
announcing the three games versus the Rangers as well. I'm not sure who he's going to be with for those three games. I'm not I sure assume it would be Cone again. Since it's yeah, I was about to say, I'm not sure if it will be Cone or uh, – Road trip squad. Maybe Ken Singleton will make a guest appearance. I could see that. I was about to say, like a lot of times I feel like even if it's like series for series, they'll like switch it up. But, yeah, I mean, I really like Ruko and Luth. Not, not everyone feels that – it's so weird with the announcers. I always find it like interesting how there's always a, at least – no matter what announcer you find, there's at least 20 or 30% of people that hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, like not even Michael K, just like among all sports, there's always people that just hate announcers. And I, like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I tend to be somebody that like enjoy, tend to be someone that enjoys most announcers. Like I usually don't have a problem with too many announcers. I've always, yeah, been, a really fan. always been a huge fan of Ruko, no matter if he's doing like Yankees or, mm-hmm. you know, basketball or whatever. I think. Yeah, he's I was about to say, that's what thing about Ruko. You know, he, I think, what well, the game was he announcing? Was it one of the Jazz games? Uh, yeah, Cavs game. That was really good. Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I've heard him, you know, not from that <clears> game. So, yeah, and I also enjoy, really enjoy him on the podcast with CC. And yeah, I, you know, looking forward to more Ruko in the next few days. Um, I'm a little stat about Austin Romine, who's been in the major leagues for parts of six seasons, hit his eighth career home run today. <laughs> the muscle show. I mean, had to, be the <laughs> had to be the deepest one he's hit, right? That ball was, like, dead center yeah. pretty well back. That was a no-brainer when I saw it off his bat. Yeah, I was like, wow, Paul's no doubt it. Paul's <laughs> um, crushed. You know, a couple of the guys that sat today, look, I, like, I know it worked out perfectly, but – a, it annoys me that Gary Sanchez was sat the day after he hits two home runs. Like, look, I'm not someone that is just like the moment a guy has a good game that you have to promote him, you have to move him up in line. Like, no, but I mean, a guy hits two home runs in a day. He's, he's feeling it. You know, you should probably play that guy the next game. You know, it's it's, game. Yeah, it's like uh, I get not catching him, but just put him at DH. I mean, I. Gary Sanchez could have gone deep again today. I mean, that guy, you just he's feeling it. You know, when Gary's feeling it, you just got to keep putting him out there. And it also annoys me that I know it worked out today, and I know Sonny Gray had a phenomenal game, but I just don't like the fact that when Gary Sanchez has to have an off day when Sonny Gray is pitching. You know, like I would preferably like to Gary Sanchez to have an off day when Gary Sanchez needs an off day, not just when Sonny Gray is pitching. I'm going to throw something at you real quick, Luigi. I think – uh it kind of worked out because uh, Sanchez oh, probably wasn't going to catch because it was, it, was, it was a night game after a day game out. or a day game after a night game, so he probably wouldn't have caught today anyways. Oh, no, but, absolutely. And they wouldn't. They weren't going to. I mean, honestly, what I would have done is I would have DH Gary and put Stanton in left and sat Gardner. That's what I would have done because I agree with you. I think they should have kept Stanton or Gary's bat in the lineup. So I agree with you on that part. But I do think Romine probably would have caught today regardless, even if it wasn't the whole dilemma with the personal catcher i definitely think he would have been in there just because it's the day game after the night game but i agree with you on the bat i mean i know you want to give gardner the respect because he sat a couple already in the series but um if you're gonna put your best lineup out there possible you definitely would put gary dhing and stan in left yeah and, and you know another guy that was out of the line with that guy that we'll talk about now was dd who what was it was he ryan i keep forgetting. one for 46 one for his it's imprinted 46. in my brain dude yeah um it's i've tried to just erase it from my brand that's why i couldn't remember it but yeah oh, no. you gotta DD remember is, yeah dd is ice cold sat today and yesterday um, two days in a row that's pretty crazy yesterday i mean I, well it's you know it's i think it's warranted though i mean you just oh, i agree reset. you just need that hit that reset button including the fact that you know you get 
pretty much Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday off as well. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully he comes out against the Rangers, who, you know, you're going to be facing uh, – not the t- – you're going to be facing Cologne, Hamels, and then I believe Fister. So, you know, hopefully D.D. could get back going because, yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable how he went from the, being the best player in the American League in the month of April to – I mean, probably he's probably one of the worst players in the month of May. Like, <laughs> like there's no easy way to put that. I wonder if there's ever been a worse performance after a player wins player of the month. Yeah, that's something right. we need to ask Katie Sharp about. Mm-hmm. Like, what about Chase yeah, Headley last year? <laughs> he didn't win player of the month, though. So, I'm, right. But I, I, I remember what you're talking about with his uh, April start. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Chase Headley April was like the, the man who got cut for the Padres. One of the best players of all time. But, like we said, we 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 talked about him last week, or yeah, last week. Pour one out for the men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, he gets picked up. Uh, another guy that just got DFA'd was a uh, Joe Joey Bats. Um, probably, uh, you know, probably he's got DFA'd because he's not taking steroids anymore. Let's just be honest. Um, oh yeah, he was batting. I think he had a couple home runs over a couple weeks. He was batting like one fifty though. Ugh. Braves did offer him a minor league um, deal, though, so we'll have to see if he takes that. Yeah. I really – for I the last thing about Jose Batista, I was just really interested – be really interested to see how the whole third base experiment was working out because I know he played it, you know, years ago at the Blue Jays, but after that he was, like, exclusively an outfielder, so. I don't think he even played with the Jays, man. I think he played with the Pirates. I'm pretty sure he made it, might have filled in a game or two with the Jays at third, but I'm pretty sure – that uh, yeah, they, they were really shocked that the Braves were signing him just because he hadn't played it since his Pirates Orioles days, which I don't even know how I know he played for those teams because he wasn't relevant. Yeah, and he just you know wasn't relevant until he you know went on the Blue Jays. Uh, anyways, not I don't want to have this made. This isn't a Joey Batista podcast at all. <laughs> um, no, so the Yankees right now they're thirty and thirteen as of now. Um, they're you could are you could make an argument that they're the best team in baseball right now, but. There's a difference between being the best team in baseball and then being the best equipped for the postseason. And, you know, I still think a team like the Astros is like the team that's best equipped for the postseason. But the Yankees right now in the regular season, I think, are going to end up with the best record because, like, offense offense translates more to the regular season baseball than it does postseason baseball, if that makes sense. You know, because in regular season baseball, you're going to be facing a lot of number four and fives. And the offense is just going to take advantage. Like, offense like the Yankees is just going to take advantage of that. But you know, the postseason you're going to be seeing mostly ones and twos, and game goes to the pitchers a lot more. Um, but you know, do you guys think that? I think we talked about this a little bit on last show. But are you guys confident with this Yankees roster right now going into the postseason? Because a big, you know, a big thing that I just keep forgetting is you know, Canley and Warren are going to be back within the next week or so and if they could regain their form from last season or even be close to that i mean that's just such a big help because you know the bullpen's been pretty good over the last couple weeks or you know since they've been out but you know instead of just there's been situations where you kind of look at it and you know like the game that batantis had to go out back out for the second inning i think against the a's or just situations where you've seen uh aj cole or like jonathan holder even uh, I think David Hale, who's probably going to be back up. You've seen guys like that, you know, close games. You're not going to have that anymore. Those roles are going to be now filled by Warren and Canley, you know, because they were the guys before that 
just came in when you were either, you know, up by two or down by two or whatever. So, yeah. So basically the question I want to ask is, do you guys think that the Yankees need another starter? I asked it last week and I'm going to ask it again because, you know, with Sonny Gray having three good starts in four games, does that kind of, you know, ease your tension a bit or do you still uh, think we need a starter badly? Um, I think it's hard to say now, but I mean, it's something that very, very difficult to say. Like over the next, what is it, end of May? So whatever the next two months, you know, you get to see, you know, if you know how Montgomery comes back, and you know if Sonny Gray can continue his, you know, mostly positive trend of starts recently. Like I think. Um, you're always going to need more than five starters to get through a season, but I think it's something that you just got to, you know, monitor. I think it's not, you know, the cost, you know, is something the Yankees would be able to cover because their farm system is ridiculous. So, um, you know, unless people are just out there asking for stuff, the cost shouldn't be prohibitive really. Um, if they need one, they definitely go get one. I'm just because, you know, even they have, you know, Herman, who we all seem to like. So if he can pitch well, that may be an arm that they can, you know, like sprinkle in here and there. And I mean, they have other guys down there in AAA. They have, you know, Chance Adams. They have, um, who's the other guy who just got sent up to AAA who's been dominating? Uh, Eric Swanson, who, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got called up? IBR. Yeah, you got called got up, sent to up to Triple A. Yeah. Oh, that's so, my man. Not to shameless yeah. plug, but I uh, wrote an article on him the other day. <laughs> yeah, so I think point four five ERA. Point four, yeah, 0.4 something. Cool. Yeah, so I think I mean honestly, if there's a really good pitcher out there who could be had, then I would be totally fine going to get him. But I'm not sure they need to. You know, you can you can't really definitively say like, oh, they need to go get like a really good pitcher. I'm just not sure that's you know because you're not going to really need five starters in the postseason anyway. Yeah, I think I think my biggest issue with it is just the Astros. Um, I was a little bit worried about how the Yankees' offense would hold up against the Astros' historically good pitching, but then when that series happened, where the Yankees like grinded out Morton and Verlander and McCullers and Keuchel, and they uh they got um enough runs to win three out of four games, so I'm not really worried about that. I'm just more worried about how the Yankees' pitching would hold up against the Astros' offense in seven games again, because we definitely saw. Uh, a couple instances where it didn't work out for the Yankees in uh, last year's ALCS. But the, the struggle with the Yankees pitching staff is that they don't have a lot of bad starters. They just don't have a lot of great starters. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like obviously, like you can make a trade for a Cole Hamels or a Chris Archer or someone of that nature. And But who do you really take out? Like, I mean, you could send Monty to the bullpen. I mean, sometimes an injury will happen and it'll work itself out. But the, there's not like, oh, my gosh, the Yankees haven't, no fifth starter. We have to get a starting pitcher. Like you have Swanson in the minors. You have Chance Adams, Justice Sheffield. And then on the major league roster, you have, I hate to say it, but you have Sessa, Herman, Montgomery. So it's not like the Yankees don't have starting pitching. It's just, it's whether, do you, because I think at this point, everyone can agree it's probably going to be a Yankees Astros ALCS. It's just, do you think the Yankees rotation could beat the Astros in seven games? No, I, I, I really don't. I, I don't think that, the uh, set look Severino was, you know, I know he had that terrible wild card start, but you know, he's, he's still a young guy. He's still going to be only 24 in the postseason. And that Astro look, if Garrett Cole 
Verlander, Cole, Keuchel. I mean, that's brutal. And then you have Morton and McCullers. Considering the fact I'll probably that- put McCullers in the bullpen, so it'll probably just be, uh, you know, those four. But, yeah, I don't, I don't have confidence with the Yankees rotation against that rotation. Sure, things can even out. And if the Yankees – look, that series last year, what was it all about? It was about home field advantage. If the Yankees have a better record than the Astros and the game sixes and seven are at Yankee Stadium, who knows? Maybe that series turns out differently. But look, in terms of rotation versus rotation, I really am not going to feel comfortable with the Yankees rotation versus the Astro rotation until they get another number one or two pitcher. But like, the- like I've been the guy, look, I've been saying an article about it. I've been saying it for the last month or so. I want the Yankees to get Bumgarner like badly. You know, he's starting to throw again. I, people have mentioned that he's had injuries the last two years. The year before he had a freak injury with the motorcycle. And it, this year was another freak injury getting hit with a foul ball. But if he comes back, I think he's scheduled to come back in a few weeks, I believe. If yeah, it's pretty back, close. Yeah. If he comes back, you know, let's say he has seven, eight starts, his ERA is under three, looks good. I think the Yankees should make a trade for him because, you know, I don't know the Giants record off the bat right now. They're but, a 500 team. I think they're yeah, third place. Look, I just like the, if the Giants continue on the trend they're at, like they're going to be give or take three or four games either under or below five, <laughs> under or above 500. And like I know the Dodgers have been awful, and that's really one of the biggest stories of baseball this year. But like I'm still under the I'm still somebody that thinks that the Dodgers, well, at least I'm. I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs at this point, but I think they're going to at least be back, get back to being like a 500 plus team, you know, and they're going to take a lot of wins away um, from the giants. But yeah, I think that they need Cole Hamels. That's really not like the ideal name you want. There's a few other guys that I'd much rather have than Hamels, but yeah, I think the Yankees definitely need to make a move for a starter. And, you know, we said it on last show and you know. I, I know a lot of people like Montgomery, but like I wouldn't be opposed to like trading away Montgomery because I think Montgomery could be a good trade piece for a guy that you know just over two, a season and a half in the bigs has proven to be a pretty good pitcher. Montgomery, I think for, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd be fine with losing him if it meant getting um, a starting pitcher. But if I was going to trade Montgomery, who's seems like he can be a quality big league starter, then I'd much rather get someone who's not like you know 35 like Cole Hamels or you know Medbum obviously has a lot of I think Medbum's 20 harm too but I think just for the rotation when you think about how how it would line up in a seven game series like for the Astros you'd see Verlander at least twice you'd see you know know, Morton probably twice or whoever you know you definitely see Garrett Cole twice Um, for the Yankees you would see you know, probably Severino twice, or how, however many times they feel comfortable throwing him in a seven-game series. I guess you'd probably see Tanaka twice, too. And then after that, you know, who would it be? I really don't know who you would rely upon. You know, CC. we don't know how he's going to be holding up because, God bless him, he's pretty old. But, like, you know, after those two guys, who would you rely on when you needed to keep going back to that well? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, that – Issues going to be hashed. I have full confidence that the ninja himself, Brian Cashman, is going to make a very good deal in the summer <laughs> for a starting pitcher. But, you know, a guy that a lot of Yankee fans love and a lot of Yankee fans hate, a guy that has some very mysterious tweets, it was had a brief visit with the Yankees this weekend. Clint Frazier, Red Thunder. He was he was a Yankee for the weekend, but he's been sent down as of Sunday. Um, he's back going back to AAA. 
You know, they basically just used him Saturday. You know, got a double, got a run, got a couple walks. But, you know, Clint's role with this team, uh, it's it's very, uh, very interesting. Um, you know, it's we talked about how Hicks had a big weekend, and, you know, a lot of people were just, you know, thinking like, hey, Hicks heard the footsteps. You know, he he saw <laughs> Frazier in the dugout and said, oh, shit, I got I to gotta start hitting. <laughs> I got to start doing something. He, he did, but. You know what's that was all part of the plan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what's Clint's role with his team? Because you know, he, I, I think, I think that's one simple answer. And I think there's one obvious answer: it's the elephant in the room. Probably going to be like that top name in a trade package, right? I mean, that's probably if the Yankees lose. Talk, we keep talking about this looming trade for a starting pitcher that you know is this unidentified starting pitcher. You know. It's like a most likely Clint's going to be in that trade. You know, we thought he was going to be in the Sonny Gray trade last year. I, I know I did. I thought I was convinced Clint was in that trade for a Gray last year. But, you know, I, I think I don't think he's going to be so lucky this year. I think he's going to be getting shipped out if uh, the Yanks make a trade. Um, what do you guys think? I just think it's I think it's kind of unfair to Clint at this point. I think he's proven that he's conquered AAA considering he's a 300 hitter there and was hitting balls out left and right after not playing for the first month of the season, never mind all he accomplished last year. But I agree with you. I just, I don't get, maybe there's something the Yankees don't like about him that we're not really aware of, but I mean, he just, he's just an unlucky player of circumstance. I think I just, I mean, you almost feel bad for the guy. You kind of wish he could have his chance. I mean, he comes up, draws two nice walks and hits a double. He has an OPS of 1750, if I'm reading this correctly, and you get sent down. Like Frazier said it himself that he wanted just one game to prove himself before he got sent back down or had to see a bench roll, and he had it and he did everything I thought he could. And it's just an unfor- unfortunate circumstance. I would have to agree with you. I don't think that he will be in a Yankees uniform come three or four months from now. Whether it's he was in a trade for a stud starting pitcher or whatever the reason, but I'm kind of with you on this one, Luigi. Mm-hmm. I uh... thoughts on the Red Thunder. It's hard. I mean, so I wrote, obviously, the Brett Gardner piece last week when he was, you know, batting under 200. And I'm kind of still with what I said in that, like, it's hard now because, you know, they have all these great players all over the place, like, and there's not, like, an obvious role. And they're not just going to give up on Gardner, who's been – you know, like, you know, a good player for them for a decade. But, you know, Brett Gardner's still only batting 220. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he's, you know, he had that big game against Boston at Yankee Stadium. and But, like, he's not, you know, he's not back to just tearing the cover off the ball. Um, But, you know, only being able to carry 25 men on the roster, they can't carry, you know, five outfielders. And there's not really a role for him on the – you know, to get on the roster, let alone get playing time, just because, you know, they have Neil Walker, who they like, and Tyler Austin's been here and, you know, probably will get replaced with Greg Bird, who they're definitely not going to give up on. By the way, Greg Bird, who was announced not too long ago, he could be back as early as this week. So that's something to watch out for. I definitely feel bad for Clint Frazier, but I'm just like, I would love for them to you know, at least hang on to him through the end of this season, even if it meant that he kind of had to, you know, tough it out in AAA, which he's definitely, I think, ready to move beyond. If, you know, what they do with Gardner moving forward after this year is definitely going to, you know, you know, if they move on from Brett Gardner and, 
they still don't give him a shot, then obviously, you know, he's not in their plans. But I would love to see him stick around and hopefully get a shot maybe next year. But I don't know how likely that is. I just, I would, I think he's too good of a player to just, you know, to not get a shot. For me, the question with Gardner is more um, moving him down the lineup and making him in the bottom of the lineup. Because, I, like, I don't think, you know, what they do with Gardner after this year, that's another question. But, right, like, he, Gardner is going to be in the lineup for the rest of the season. You know, he works good at bats. He still has an on-base percentage close to 350. You know, he like, I, like he's, he's a guy that needs to be in the lineup. Same with Hicks. You know, a lot of people were calling for Hicks, to, you know, for Frazier to start over Hicks. And, like it's it's just so so hard to like to ask a guy like Clint, a young you know a young player to just do what Hicks does because Hicks is just such a great outfielder and you know just it's look there's no guarantee that Clint would come up and do as well as Hicks at the plate you know yeah sure he could do much better but you know there's a good chance that he doesn't do as well as that. I believe Clint last year his average was around two twenty so you know it's like it was uh it was pretty close to 240 i think but you know yeah i mean but like regardless like hicks just the the defensive production alone in my opinion is just enough for gardner and hicks to be fixtures in the outfield you know i mean especially for now i, I don't know I, I just don't see a spot for uh Quint on this team especially with the team winning you don't really want to mess up yeah, the mojo yeah, exactly. that's going on right now like you, you, yeah it hasn't been a problem it hasn't been costing them games like gardner not hitting or hicks except you know outside of this weekend not hitting but this is the kind of thing of it seems like nitpicking because the team has been so good it's an embarrassment of riches yeah and another, just let's move on to another uh, nitpicking slash embarrassment of riches issue this is really the pinnacle of embarrassment of riches uh you know like i mentioned a couple of minutes ago you know greg bird could be back as early as this week right so whether that means uh, but possibly the Texas series he'll be back or the series after that. But, you know, Greg Bird, his return is incoming. And, you know, someone's going to have to get sent down. And, you know, Tyler Austin had two home runs today and now is eight on the season. And, you know, Neil Walker is another guy who had a pretty good week the other week. So it, it's just kind of you're looking around and, you know, who do you send down? Like who – Who's going to get removed from play? Like, who's going to get less playing time because of this? And, you know, Austin's going to be the guy that's most likely the odd man out. But I don't know. But what do you guys think? What, when Greg Bird comes back, who gets sent down? I'm still kind of convinced that it's going to be Austin, even though he hit the eight homers. It's just kind of yeah, the unfortunate. Like, I would have said a month ago from today that it would have been Walker, without a doubt, after his dreadful start. But with, I just think his veteran presence and his, his um, niche for the clutch, I just think he's one of those guys that you, like, every championship team needs, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, I mean, in yeah, some kind of capacity. He can play all over the place. Mm-hmm. Walker, you know, he's – He's been like overall, like even though he's had some good moments, Walker, and even though it seems like every time the Yankees have a rally, he's involved in it. Mm-hmm. He's been bad. I mean, he's hitting two eleven, slugging two fifty seven, hasn't even hit a home run. Uh, yeah, that's the power numbers are more concerning for me than the batting average and the on base percentage. It's yeah, just because he he was known as like one of the best power hitting second basemen the past few years. He he was like on you could write him in for twenty to twenty five yeah. home runs, and, mm-hmm. and now he has zero through May. That's kind of concerning. Yeah, um, yeah, and another guy, you know, Drury, I th- 
the jury situation is so weird. Like I, I was convinced kind of in the beginning week that Drury would be on the MLB roster sooner than later, but I don't know. It seems like it seems like he might be still a couple weeks out. I'm not sure if his uh his vision's completely fixed yet. But where do you play him? Where do you play him though, guys? Like I'm just I just I don't see a spot for him on the roster. I mean you, how can you take out a three thirty hit a three hundred hitting second baseman or a two ninety hitting third baseman? Like yeah. I just don't see a spot for me. Maybe you guys can see something I don't, but I just I don't see where he fits in the Yankees plan. And I was a fan of the trade when it happened, but now I'm just like pretty puzzled. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's like it's a good problem to have. Like, go on, G. But yeah, it's, these are good problems to have. Well, Cashman pretty much admitted, you know, when they activated him and they assigned him to AAA, Cashman admitted it like the next day. And he's like, yeah, but he's, you know, he's a major league hitter. He's a major league player who's just on assignment in AAA right now because we don't really know where to put him. We don't really have a spot for him. Like, I think um, in terms of the Tyler Austin thing, I think, I mean, if he's still got options left, I think he's definitely going to be the guy. It sucks for him. It, you know, to be like the hard luck loser of the situation. But I mean, if they didn't get rid of Neil Walker by now, you know, I don't think they're going to do it, especially after he was involved in so many of those rallies, you know, walking or getting hit and everything like that. Um, I think uh, it's, it's, you know, it sucks for him. But I think also, you know, we're talking about trade pieces like, Tyler Austin, if Greg Bird can stay healthy down the road, he could probably be, you know, involved in a trade as well because, you know, power hitting first baseman, someone was it last week comped him to like Dan Uggla. Like, you know, teams have a use for that. So, you know, if they're going to send him down to AAA and have him be there, it would be a risk with Greg Bird's health, you know, history, but still. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna come in real quick just because I just found this on Twitter. But according to uh, George King, uh, Giovanni Gallegos is going to be taking Clint Frazier's spot on the roster. Really? Yep. Which is a little puzzling considering how rest of the bullpen is. But you know, apparently that's what's going to be. I was about to say another option they could do. You know, they could carry that extra guy on the bench if they really don't want to. I actually thought it might have been Drury. Honestly, maybe they're yeah. going to bring Drury up. If it's Gallegos, then honestly, that they're probably going to see. I mean, you might just see bird this week or you might you probably see another move in a couple days because i mean i was just you know we were in our group chat earlier and i, I was like it's you know if they're sending fraser down but it's they're probably going to bring up some you know end of the bullpen pitcher for a couple days you know just because someone that they could easily you know send down and or you know part ways with in a couple days yeah um, it, like, look, these are good problems to have. That's what happens when you're 30 and 13. Um, yeah, I, I hope Bird comes back though, uh, and starts mashing. That that would just that would be nice, right? Because really, it's it's incredible what this team's done, and they're really not healthy overall. You know, you two of your main bullpen guys are down. One of your starters is out for the next couple months. Your first baseman's been out for the whole year. I mean, just. <laughs> Just like you're, and really the amount of struggles, the amount of guys that have just had absolute cold spells. You know, Judge is in a bit of one now. Uh, the stretch Stanton had with striking out five times in the same week. Gary starting the year off like two for 36. Uh, DD being ice cold. And all this doesn't matter. They still have won eight consecutive series and they're still the best team in baseball right now. So we're going to end the show just to go on, G. 
it's been weird to have a team be like so loaded and also have so many questions and so much potential for change on I mean mostly the fringes of the roster, but like it's been weird to have us we could have we've been having these questions about Bird or, you know, Neil Walker or Tyler Austin, like, you know, the bullpen, like all these questions literally since the beginning of the season and they haven't really resolved in any way and the team is still you know, the best team in baseball, basically. Yeah, yeah, it it's nice. It it really is nice. Um, yeah. So the Yankees, after that brutal stretch they had against all those great teams, you know, series which they won, sure, but it was still a brutal stretch. Um, you know, they faced the they faced the Royals, who are just a really bad team, and now they face another team that's also had a rough go at things. Uh, you know, the Rangers aren't as bad as the Royals. They actually are much more talented than the Royals, but bottom line is they've been very bad so far this season. Um, the pitching matchups for the games, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and these games are at, these are all Eastern time, 8.05, 8.05, 7.05. Uh, we got Masahiro Tanaka versus the one and only Bartolo Colon. On I'm so excited for that, man. You have no idea. Let's go. Yeah, I was about to say that. So, you know, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, Herman gets the ball Tuesday night against a possible Yankee trade target, Cole Hamels. Be a good audition. And, yeah, and then uh, Wednesday night we'll have uh, CC Sabathia versus uh, Doug Fister. So, uh, yeah, we uh, think the Yankees should uh, have the they they should have the starting pitching matchup advantage in two or three of those starts. Like, you know, Hamels obviously over Herman, but yeah, it should be another. Uh, Another good chance for the Yankees to win a series, uh, get their ninth consecutive series win. Um, man, not, to not lose a series, to win eight series in a row is just such a such a great feat. I mean, re- like you really can't say enough about it, especially the way they've won, especially the teams they've beaten. But yeah, Bartolo Colon tomorrow <laughs> Monday night. I mean, I, really, man, I'm hyped for that. Uh, you guys see how he literally took. A ball like <laughs> off his, his belly. belly the other day, and he kind of walked it off, and basically, you know, laughed about it after the game. It was yeah, 101 was like, miles per hour. It wasn't a cheap shot. Yeah, how how old is he now? 43. 44, I think. 44. I'll I'll, I'll Google it real quick. Yeah, Google's always Google's always our friend in that situation. Uh, he is 44 and turning 45. His birthday will actually be, I think, the third game of the series or the. The day after. Credit to the Yankees for giving him his restart, all whatever it was, back in 2012. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, the Yankees cool. brought him back. Yeah, stem cells and everything. The Rangers, right now, overall, um, they're 18 and 30. They're 7 and 16 at home this season. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh my God. Better. They're 11 and 14 on the road, which is actually like a, not a bad road record. Um, it's weird. Honestly, I mean, that's. that's a, it's almost a thing. Get this. This is something I noticed looking at the standings yesterday. Listen to the AL West teams' home record and away record. The Astros are thirteen and eleven at home, sixteen and seven on the road. Mariners twelve and ten at home, fifteen and nine on the road. Angels twelve and seventeen at home, fourteen and four on the road. Oh my Rangers, gosh! Eleven and nine at home, fourteen and thirteen on the road, and then Rangers seven and sixteen, eleven and fourteen. So. Almost crazy? every team, every team besides the A's is better on the road right now than at home. And it's like significantly like 16 and seven to 13, like 14 and four to 12 and 17 is just ridiculous. Like that is, I got, that's, I know it's still early, but my God, 14 the, of 18 road wins is 
pretty impressive. According to the CBS Sports app that I'm checking right now, the <laughs> Rangers, I know, straight from the source, um, the Rangers lineup today, I mean, Nomar Mazzara, you know, is a good young player. He's probably their best player. But the Rangers rolled out a lineup today with four players batting under 100. Who and, are they? Uh, let's see. There is Carlos Perez, catcher. Rudinette Ordor, second baseman. Wow. Well, I think it's Jose Bautista's yeah, face. He, yeah, I was about Hopefully, to say. Well, his was average last year was awful, too, I remember. He was hitting almost – but 200 last year. Pretty late. I mean, he was supposed to be a top prospect. At this point, it really doesn't look like it's going to happen for him. But, I mean, he, he'll he always have that punch to the face of Jose. He's got a future in boxing. Hit up have uh, Ryan Rua, left fielder. And then, let's see, Joey Gallo, who is – he has 13 home runs. He's betting buck 99. So, Jeez. Um, yeah, it's not great. It's not pretty. Um, yeah, so, um, hopefully, to, yeah, hopefully Tanaka – Go out and uh, you know throw it down up for all time's sake. Right. Um, feeling uh, I think that's like back to back. We I always love like when Tanaka throws on a Tuesday. You know, you get the Tanaka Tuesday. I think like this is two straight weeks where he's either throwing on like a Monday or Wednesday. Just Monster Hero Monday. Yeah, <laughs> Mondays. Um, but yeah, that's really all we got today. Um, yeah, you know, good times. It's, it's always nice to do podcasts, you know, coming off wins. You always feel a lot better. Never feels good to do it. I feel like the first few podcasts we did, once the season started, they were, they <laughs> were mostly yeah, – Yeah, exactly. It was just us ranting because it was always like coming off a brutal loss or just, you know. Dolan Batanzas is not a two-winning pitcher, Boone. Yeah. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. David Robertson yeah. blew the Easter game. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. David Robertson ruined Easter. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> hopefully the Yankees just continue to roll, and uh, you know, tie, they're technically uh, ahead of the Red Sox right now in terms of the tiebreaker. But you know, really tied for the AL East lead. Um, you know, it's shaping up to be just a two-horse race down the stretch with them and the Red Sox. But you know, we'll see, we'll see how things go. Who who knows? Maybe. Maybe Greg Bird comes back this week and out homers Gary Sanchez, right? Uh, hot take. Like one, of our, like one of our writers predicted at the beginning of the season, which we're still holding him to, even though Greg Bird has still not played a game <laughs> of baseball. Who was that? Who said I think that? It was uh, Adam Matt. Andrew, I, I believe. It was Andrew. It was. I, I was about to say, I never usually like to name names because like, if I get it wrong, then it's just, you know, it's just – not good but hey luigi can we do um before we end the show i say each one of us does a bold take for this next week Let's, i think all three of us I like, drop one. I like it off the top uh, of the head so um off the top of the head but i will give you that they're playing the rangers and angels this week mm-hmm. and is it in you know it's in the, the the series against the angels will be in yankee stadium so yeah. a hot take for the week you know I think the Yankees win both these series. I think, I think they win both these series, but I think they take two or three from the Rangers, and I say they sweep the Angels. Even though the Angels have been red hot on the road all year, they've won one of the best road team baseball. I think they sweep the Angels because Sevy, Gray, and Tanaka are scheduled to pitch for the Angels, and I have confidence in all of them having great starts. With that, just I guess before I get my actual take in. What's his name? Otani pitched 
yesterday, I oh, think. He's, oh, he's pitching at Yankee Stadium, dude. Does he pitch? I am so does excited he, for that. I'm gonna say, does he pitch on Sundays? Is that his thing? Like, he pitches on Sundays? Or now, whatever? it might actually work out where Otani faces Tanaka on Sunday, like the pitching yeah, that's right. That would my be crazy. God, he's either going to face Gray or Tanaka by my math. I'm glad you said that. That would okay. be an epic showdown. I'm pretty sure he's like he pitches once a week and it's on Sundays. Like I, I oh, haven't been following Otani that closely, but I, I think I know that about him. It's been, it's been all good really for Otani. That's something definitely for the uh hashtag next pod. <laughs> hashtag so, next uh, pod. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think well, so I said on the last show that the Giancarlo hot streak was coming, and I think it's kind of coming. So that's you know, he had a couple home runs. He had a couple multi-hit games. So I'm gonna shamelessly pat myself on the back for that one. You're gonna slowly <laughs> pat yourself on the back while like looking around. I think like, I, I think I think I got that. I think we will get Greg Bird this week, and I think he'll hit a home run sooner rather than Talk later. About Tony, that's your take. <laughs> okay. No, no. If you want, if you want a hot take, I think Didi will hit a home run within the next couple games. Let's just hey, let's just focus on hits. Right now, <laughs> yeah, let's get the ball in some yeah. grass before we yeah, talk about out of the ball. All right, Ryan, what's your hot take? Well, I was gonna say something about DD, but uh, I think Matt kind of stole my thunder on that. I was gonna say DD breaks out this week, but I think my hot take is going to be that Tyler Austin, in a frenzy for his job, has another multi homer game. Wow, and he'll, he'll have double digit homers by the time our next pod happens. Wow, that's yeah, that's a lot of bold takes. So I said I said the Yankees take five of six this week, which would put them at thirty-five and fourteen. Whew, that would be a nice record to have. Um, I'm with you. I think they take five of six. I think they they're more likely to sweep the Rangers and the Angels, but I could definitely see the Rangers stealing a game and then the Yankees just obliterating the Angels in the Bronx. Yeah, because uh, you know, not I know we're only talking about this week, but you know. Starting Monday on Memorial Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The Astros, uh, three-game set, and, you know, whoever – you know, whoever the Astros roll out on the mound is going to be a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe right now the Sunday night baseball game right now is uh, Astros-Indians. Uh, McCullers had a no-hitter through five. So, yeah, that's uh, – the, the Astros' starting rotation just continues to be uh, surprisingly good. And, uh, yeah. Three you pitches are, under a two ERA. Yeah. Uh, they, that's they, absurd. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, obviously we've seen all the debates and all like the, the, uh, suspicions about all the Astros pitchers all of a sudden having like miraculous, something's in the water. Uh, yeah. Something in the water. Who knows? Right. Who knows? But all I know is that they're really damn, yeah, they're really <laughs> damn good and they're a problem. But for Matt, for Ryan, for G, that was the podcast. We'll probably be back later in the week. And any final thoughts, guys? Go Yankees and Yeaters. It's uh, it's good to be a Yankee fan. So eaters, go Yanks, get thirty and thirteen. We'll be back later in the week. 